once more into the fray, into the last good fight I'll ever know. Live and die on this day. Live and die on this day. Bienvenidos a todos. Gracias por estar aquí. Welcome everyone. Bienvenuti. Bienvenue. Ahlan wa sahlan. Everyone, thank you so much for being here. This is the Jay Rolden Podcast. If you are not familiar with us, we read poems. I analyze them. You give your comments. And we move on to the next poem. For the first half of tonight's show, we're going to talk about some poems by an amazing writer. Her name is Sarah Tisdale. And then we will go to your requests. So if you, any of you have a request, please wait until the second half of the show and I will take your requests. If you speak Spanish, if you speak French, if you speak German, if you speak Portuguese, if you speak whatever language, let me know where you're coming from and I will do my best to read your poem of your choice in your language. Deal? All right. Hopefully you'll be able to stick around, but if not, it was nice knowing you. For those of you who are new to this live, I only have one request here. Get some headphones on, get some ear pods on. The, re the experience is so much better. So, bienvenue a todos. Gracias por estar aquí. Estoy muy agradecido por su presencia. Esto es el J. Roldan Podcast. Por favor, estén conmigo un rato. Que los pasen muy bien. Espero que aprendan algo. Y si no, bueno, al, al final de nuestro show pueden, no sé, si, si, si hay algún poema si quieren que yo lea, por favor, dígamelo y yo lo voy a hacer lo más posible para leerlos aquí en este live. Gracias por estar aquí. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. All right. Who's ready for some awesome poems? If you just came in, I just read a poem from a film by Liam Neeson or Liam Neeson's in it. And towards the end of the, the film, he actually recites a poem. And it is a fantastic little short poem. And it was specifically written for the film. So if you missed it tomorrow, when you listen to this live, I'm going to upload this onto my podcast account on Spotify. And hopefully you will see and appreciate this great poem. All right. All right. So. Everybody okay? Everybody had a wonderful weekend so far? It's a pretty cold night, so I don't know where you are. But hopefully you are somewhere comfortable, somewhere that is giving you a sense of peace. And if not, hopefully some of these words will help you calm things down for you. Are you all ready? All right. Once again, I'm going to read poems by... Sarah Tisdale. You don't want to miss tonight, guys. Sarah Tisdale is an amazing, an amazing poet. If you're not familiar with her work, go back to some of my videos. There's this one poem that, well, several poems that I read from her. But the one that I posted yesterday, which is called The Kiss, is fantastic. So if you don't know English, don't worry. Get a translator. But really, listen to how these words actually sound right i had a follower recently told me that she was watching one of my tiktoks that was in spanish 
And even though she didn't speak Spanish, she didn't understand it, she still felt what I was trying to convey. And I felt, and I understood exactly what she meant. You know, in many ways, I actually learned how to speak English in that same way. And I think many of you will be surprised at how I learned English. <laughs> so I'll tell you that information in a little bit. But for now, let's get ready to listen to our first poem by Sarah Tisdale. You guys aren't going to regret this, I promise you. If there's any dudes in this live right now, if there's any fellows in this live right now, please stick around because this poem and this live is specifically for you, man, because the next time you are out on a date with a beautiful woman that you are potentially wanting for a long-term relationship or just getting to know, seriously, if you recite one of these poems tonight to her, at least, at least you'll get a second date, at least, all right? Come on, man. Let's do this, all right? Here we go. This one's titled, I Know the Stars by the beautiful Sarah Tisdale. Are you guys ready? I'm so excited. It's gonna be so good, guys. Here we go. One second. I'm gonna start about midway. Here we go. I'm gonna give a five second countdown and then I will read I Know the Stars by Sarah Tisdale. Here we go. I know the stars by their names. Aldebaran, Altair, and I know the path they take up heaven's broad blue stair. I know the secrets of men by the look of their eyes. Their gray thoughts, their strange thoughts have made me sad and wise. But your eyes are dark to me Though they seem to call and call I cannot tell if you love me Or do not love me at all I know many things But the years come and go I shall die not knowing The thing I long to know the stars look at this y'all did you listen to this poem did you let it sink into your mind did it you did you let it just rest in your heart just for a few seconds right before you say anything before you even think anything let these words nestle somewhere deep inside of you and then you can allow it to speak to you seriously come on listen to these last lines right here okay just give me one second. I need to, I need to rewind the, the track real quick. Here we go. Just listen to these last lines, okay? I know the stars by their names. And then she actually gives the names of the stars. And then what does she do? She says, But I cannot tell if you love me. Or do not love me at all but the years come and go and I shall die not knowing the thing I long to know here's a little piece of ancient Greek history for you there's a very peculiar word which is the name for it is nomos right so it's a Greek word nomos 
and that word is for naming or identifying. See, we human beings have this really, really natural knack, right? Innate ability to want to name things, right? So when you name something, you're not only claiming ownership, but you're naming it because you are identifying it and you at the same time. See, you're naming things while also identifying things about yourself. You're not going to name something you don't know. You're not going to name something you feel absolutely estranged with because if that was the case, then you wouldn't know what to say to it. You wouldn't know how to identify it. You wouldn't know how to connect with it. And so when you name things, then you connect with it. And here's a little, little piece of culture uh, information with, for y'all. And all my Hispanic community know exactly what I'm talking about here. See, in Latin America, we have this kind of like a thing that we like to nickname people for whatever reason. Some of us do it within our families. Some of us do it because it's, you know, just a kind of a comical trait, a funny thing to do. And then there's some of us that actually do it because we just like to identify them as our friend because, hey, that guy over there, his name is not Jose. It's actually Diaz Palados. <laughs> or Fuforito, or Super Pollo, or, you know, something else, right? <laughs> like, we give, we give our friends, our close friends, nicknames, because we want to connect with them. It's not, I think, it has nothing to do with hazing, it has nothing to do with, like, any sort of, like, negative derogatory intentions. It has everything to do with, like, connecting with the, our, our friends, and to make them even closer to us. So, here's a little... Here's a little story that I can tell you to prove this point. All right. So there's this <laughs> there's this really great friend of mine and also a friend of the family. He's my cousins, everybody. And for the longest time, I didn't know what his, actually, his real name was. But everybody in the town, okay, and it's a small town where my dad lives. It's very, very tiny. It's about 50,000 people, roughly. And anyway... This guy is super pleasant, he's so kind, and he's such a social guy. He's a social bug, right? Like, he loves to talk to people and just get to know you and stuff. One of the friendliest guys you'll ever meet. But everybody knows him as Ten Till Two, which in Spanish is Diapalados. So it's like, that's a strange name. Why would you name anybody Diapalados, right? I honestly thought that was his real name. <laughs> Until I asked my cousin, like, Seriously, man, are you going to tell me why his, that's not his real name? Come on. And he was like, no, it's not his real name. But everybody knows him. And then I asked him, so why? And he was like, well, okay, look, next time he crosses the street, just look down at his feet and see how he walks. <laughs> yes. So his, his feet are pointing tentacle to in those directions. So it's supposed to be funny. <laughs> and the thing is, like, that's what I know him as, right? And you just say his name. He's like, hey, Depalos, how's it going, man? And he's like, yeah, I'm doing great. It was a, it's a great day, man. How are you doing? Are, you going, are we going to play soccer later? And, you know, he's just a really, really great friend. And that's how we nickname people, right? Because he's part of our, like, inner circle. Like, he's not just some random guy from the same town that, that my family lives in. No, he is the Palados. The guy is our 
dear friend. So he's our, our super great friend. And he loves it. He knows everybody calls him that, right? And he, and he, and he knows he walks like that. So, <laughs> so he definitely wears it, right? And I, 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 years later, years later, I actually found out what his real name was. And it's, it's Rodrigo. <laughs> but it's so weird to me. Like, I don't want to call him Rodrigo because that, that doesn't sound like Rodrigo. Like, he looks like a Diopalados, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> so <laughs> all that to say, guys, is in this poem with Sarah Tisdale that she wrote called I Know the Stars. See, she names these stars at a very long distance, right? A distance that is almost unapproachable, unimaginable. A distance that you can never ever in your lifetime reach unless you have connections with like, you know, some space program that will get you there someday. But by and large, 99% of us on this earth won't have that opportunity, right? Yes, there are some initiatives going out there, but even those initiatives are only for like, you know, people with lots of income, okay? So it's practically impossible for the rest of us to actually get to the stars. But anyway, point being is that Sarah Tisdale actually, in this poem, she actually names the stars, right? She knows the names of the stars, the stars that are at, at a, an incredible distance. But she still names them. She knows them by name, right? Even at that distance, even if she doesn't have this like special close relationship with them, she still considers these stars as part of her inner circle of friends, right? Like this is her people. This is her circle. This is her in many ways, part of her family. But yet, in this poem, she contrasts that naming of the stars with not being able to know the name of someone she actually want, is pursuing here on Earth, right? Like, in this case, a gentleman, right? She's pursuing a gentleman. And so, she, the only, the, the main thing she wants to know about this gentleman, right? He can be, he can be middle class, he can be, uh, whatever class, okay, he can be intelligent, or he can just be a common person, or, you know, he can be a, 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 an athlete, or just somebody that just does, is really great with carpentry, perhaps. Those things aren't as important as when she says, to know your name. Because in knowing your name, I will also be able to, to know if you love me or not. Do you love me? Right? This is the thing that she longs to know. This is the thing that she would rather not die without knowing what your name is. Like, that's how much importance she places on the name, right? Nomos. Because once again, when you name things, you also connect with it. So, I don't do this very often, but to certain people in my life, I give nicknames. 
only the people that that know me this well will understand what I'm about to say. If I ever give you a nickname, you know that I love you. Nicknaming is the greatest act of connecting with someone. And so the idea here is that when you are practicing nomos, right? The Greek word for naming, nomos. I place part of my identity in you. And so in many ways you carry my heart in the same way that I want to carry yours because that's what nomos is doing. And so yes, I don't nickname every single person I know. But when I do, you are special. So, I hope you understand and believe that. And truly live your life knowing that someone like me <laughs> gave you a nickname. That doesn't mean that I don't cherish and honor and won't honor your real name. But to me, even to my last breath, you will always be known by that, that nickname. So, that's what's so great about this poem, y'all. Once again, if you missed the reading, this is a poem by Sarah Tisdale, and the name, the title is, I Know the Stars. You ready for the next one? All right. I told you, you don't want to miss tonight's podcast, because Sarah Tisdale is amazing, y'all, and you guys are going to love every single poem that I'm going to read from her. She is a fantastic, fantastic woman. She is the equivalent to Max Ehrman that I read a few nights ago. I cannot believe I never read their work here on these lives, but I'm so looking forward to reading hers. And we won't get all of them tonight, but I rest assured I will definitely bring her back and back and back and back and back and back again. She's amazing, man. She's amazing. She's not bad looking either. <laughs> she's no, she's she's pretty. She's very pretty. No longer with us, unfortunately. But here's another one. Here, are you guys ready? This this is titled "If I Must Go." You ready? We're gonna do the finger five finger countdown here. If I must go to heaven's end, climbing the ages like a stair. Be near me and forever bend With the same eyes above me there Time will fly past us like leaves flying We shall not heed For we shall be 
beyond living, beyond dying, knowing and known unchangeably. goodness, y'all, if I must go to heaven's end, climbing the ages like a stair, right? Every step you take on the steps is an age, right? Not necessarily the num numer numerical value, right? Not like as in like your, your age, but it can also be like the era, right? Be near me and forever bend. Right? So every step that I take, every era, every age, every time that passes, I need you to be close to me. What a sentimental connection that you want to communicate to somebody. Be near me with the same eyes above me there. So <laughs> no matter what, no matter how old I get, no matter how changed I may incur, right? Whether it's emotionally, intellectually, physically, whatever. Look upon me with your eyes, right? Like, look, stay in the same connecting eyesight with that person that you are with and want to be with and want to spend your life with and want to cherish and honor and love and glorify and nurture and support and protect and provide and love in every facet of that word and tenderness, care, hugging, lying next to showering with <laughs> whatever look upon me with the same eyes above me there because those will never change those will be the same yesterday today and forever and you will know who I am and where I am when you look upon me. Time will fly past us like leaves flying. We shall not heed, for we shall be beyond living, beyond dying, knowing and known. See, this is what I meant by nomos, guys. You are identifying something, an object or a person, a place, a thing, but when you name it, you are known. See, you're trying to get to know it, right? Knowing, but you are also known. See, this is what I meant by like, nomos is an ever-changing process, but also an establishment of a connection between, an agreement between you and what you name. That's why I don't take nicknames lightly, y'all. If I give you a name, it's because 
you mean something to me and I want to connect with you in many levels. Doesn't mean that I want to be the same like you, nor do I expect you to be the same like me. I just want to connect with you. It's a nomos, right? Nomos and I want to be known and I want to be in knowing unchangeably. I'm telling y'all, Sarah Tisdale is such a marvelous intellectual woman. It's one of, she's one of those people that you like want to just like sit down, have a tea, cup of tea with and just like just talk about some of the most common things. And I'm telling you, she probably will like make circles around your mind constantly. Not that because she's like being boastful or like that. It's because she just knows how to communicate information in the most simple ways, but also in the most meaningful, deep hearted ways, which is such a lovely way of being remembered, being known, being knowing. Heart feeling. Loving. Telling you what you mean to them. Grounded. Wise. Sweet. Just. So special. So. To Sarah Tisdale. And all of her fans. And scholars that have interacted with her work. great cheer and salute to a beautiful and amazing woman that has lived on this earth. And I thank God for creating such a special, special, special woman. With water of life. Alright, let's do another one, y'all. Such a great night. So happy you all are here because this is a rare occasion where we talk about a very, in many respects, unknown poet. But is amazing in every facet of that word. Alright, I got a good one here, guys. This is also relatively short, but this one's kind of like a story. You guys ready for this one? Yeah. Alright, I knew you were. Okay. <laughs> here we go. This one's titled... A ballad of two knights, right? So like as in like chivalry, right? Knights, not as in the solar uh, aspect, okay? Here we go. rode forth at early dawn, a seeking maids to wed. Said one, 
My lady must be fair, with gold hair on her head. Then spake the other knight at arms, I care not for her face, but she I love most must be a dove, for purity and grace. And each knight blew upon his horn and went his separate way. And each knight found a lady love before the fall of day. But she was brown. Who should have had the shining yellow hair? I ween the knights forgot their words, or else they ceased to care. For he who wanted purity brought home a wanton wild. And when each saw the other knight, I ween that each knight smiled. What do you know? What do you know? Come on, guys. Did you get that story? Did you actually listen to it? Two knights. One had specific criteria what they were looking for and the other night had a completely different criteria what they were looking for but see in the end it didn't matter <laughs> because they ended up with someone that didn't fit those characteristics Because in the end, they still were smiling. <laughs> right? But she was brown who should have had the, the shining yellow hair. I ween the knights forgot their words, or else they ceased to care. Ceased to care. For he who wanted purity brought home a wanton wild. And the other, well, when each saw the other knight, I, I ween that each knight smiled. Yeah, I'm not even gonna like further explain this to y'all because you need to read this on your own. It's a very simple story, but also very a very significant one to one. Well done, Miss Sarah Tisdale. Golf clap. Nah, I'm telling you, those of you who just came into this live, welcome. This is a night where we talk about Sarah Tisdale. She's an amazing writer, an amazing poet. I cannot believe. More and more people don't know about this woman. Get ready for some really great poems. This is the third poem that I just read from her tonight. So we're going to go straight into the fourth one. How about that? All right. You guys ready for the fourth one? All right. This one is called A Cry. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me reverse that. This one is titled A Fantasy. Ready? Here we go. As an absolute you feel exploded to a particular group of people. And uh, wait, I'm trying to time this way. Which have the majority you. Here we go. Not being aware of the danger in which they But now suppose I'm going to change all of you. Suppose I can 
transfer the experience which I have One second. to to you. Then you would go out and see the earth, and you would see the blue sky. Not the blue sky which you see when you're outside. The space you see that you're the only one. True. You're the only planet. You have no spare. And so you have to take care. Her voice is like clear water that drips upon a stone in forests far and silent, where quiet plays alone. Her thoughts are like the lotus, a bloom by sacred streams beneath the temple arcs. Where quiet sits and dreams, her kisses are the roses that glow while dusk is deep in Persian garden closes where quiet falls asleep. My goodness. Listen to this one line right here, where quiet plays alone. Can you just picture that for a second? How does quiet play alone? If it plays, then it shouldn't be as quiet. And if it's truly alone, then why is it that we even need a description to describe what quiet means? One of the greatest, one of the greatest concrete poems that I've ever seen to this day it's written I believe by a Brazilian and the name of the poem is called silence and so you have try to imagine like a rectangle okay so try to imagine a rectangle right rectangle on this screen and each sides right so you have a top layer you have a middle and then you have a bottom layer on one side Everywhere on this rectangle is the word silence, okay? Everywhere, except for the middle center part. This is the only place where it's empty and the word silence isn't written, okay? So once again, try to imagine a rectangle and it has the word silence all over that rectangle, okay? Inside of that rectangle. But right in the center is an empty space and there's no word for silence. Ask yourself this, which is the best representation of silence? It's the center, the center that doesn't have anything in it, the empty space. Do you understand? It's the center of it. That is what silence really is, because it doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't actually like become a manifestation of what it is. <laughs> you see what I mean? If something is silence, it cannot be spoken. If something is silence, it cannot be felt. If something is silence, it cannot be seen. If something is silence, it cannot be even heard. So you, here you have all of this conglomeration of the word silence. And then in 
inside is an emptiness, right? So in here, Sarah Tisdale, she's talking about a fantasy, right? So her, once again, the poem is, her voice is like clear water. What is? The, vo the fantasy that drips upon a stone in forests far and silent, where quiet plays alone. <laughs> Her thoughts are like the lotus, a bloom by sacred streams beneath the temple arcs, while quiet sits, right? Sits and dreams. Her kisses are the roses that glow while dusk is deep and Persian garden closes where quiet falls asleep. You see, a fantasy cannot be in its full capacity. It cannot exist because it exists only where quiet plays, where quiet falls asleep, where quiet sits and dreams. So a fantasy is where it is an impossible, <laughs> not necessarily impossible, but it's in a existential realm, right? In a, in a realm that doesn't exist in this realm. <laughs> That's why it's called a fantasy, okay? But the, but the irony is we call it a fantasy because, well, because we like to believe that it's attainable. And so we let that sort of like unreality become our motivation to pursue it, regardless of what the challenge is, regardless of the obstacles. We want to pursue that fantasy, even if it's not practical, even if it's not going to ever be in its full fruition, right? In its full practicality, in its full practical form. So think about that. <laughs> Okay, like in many ways, Sarah Tisdale is like letting us know that this fantasy exists, but it exists in a world that should not be in this realm, which is why the quiet plays alone, which is why the quiet falls asleep, which is why the quiet sits and dreams, which is why fantasy is nestled in a place where it is allowed to be, to grow, to play, to sit and dream, to fall asleep when it wants to. We have almost no control over it. And this is what Sarah Tisdale is about, y'all. Okay? Sarah Tisdale, for me, is like the female version of Wallace Stevens. If you don't know who Wallace Stevens is, please do, do us both a favor and sometime this week, go get a poet, uh, an anthology of Wallace Stevens. And I'm telling you, my goodness, your days are going to be not boring ever because this guy's going to like mind boggle your mind. <laughs> and he's fantastic. Sarah Tisdale to me is like that. She's an amazing, amazing writer. I love this woman. She's great, 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 great stuff. Anyway, let's go to the next one. You guys ready? All right, let's do this, y'all. All right, this one is titled, let's see. Man, she's got so much stuff here. This is amazing. <laughs> Okay, sorry, I'm just looking for a poem that is a little bit more uh, attainable. 
<laughs> One second. Ooh, look at this. Oh, yeah, guys, this is good. This one's called A November Night. You guys ready? This one's a little bit long, so just FYI. Okay? Here we go. I'm going to start. Give me one second. Yes. Here we go. November Night by Sarah Tisdale. Here we go. There. See the line of lights? A chain of stars down either side the street. Why can't you lift the chain and give it to me? A necklace for my throat. I twist it round and you could play with it. You smile at me as though I were a little dreamy child behind whose eyes the fairies live and see the people on the street look up at us all envious we are a king and queen our royal carriage is a motor bus we watch our subjects with a haughty joy how still you are have you been hard at work and are you tired tonight it is so long since I have seen you four whole days I think my heart is crowded full of foolish thoughts like early flowers in an April meadow and I must give them to you all of them before they fade the people I have met the play I saw, the trivial shifting things that loom too big or shrink too little, shadows that hurry gesturing along a wall, hunting or gay, and yet they all grow real and take their proper size here in my heart when you have seen them. There's the plaza now. A lake of light. Tonight it almost seems that all the lights are gathered in your eyes. Drawn somehow toward you, see the open park lying beyond us with a million lamps. Scattered in the wise disorder like the stars, we look down on them as God must look down on constellations floating under him, tangled in clouds. Come then and let us walk so we have reached the park it is our garden all black and blossomless this winter night but we bring april with us you and i we set the whole world on a trail of spring i think that every path we ever took has marked our footprints in mysterious fire delicate gold that only fairies see when they wake up at dawn in hollow tree trunks and come out on a drowsy park, they look along the empty paths and say, Oh, here they are, and here, and here, and here. Come
Come see, here is their bench. Take hands and let us dance about it in a windy ring and make a circle round it. Only they can cross when they come back again. Look at the lake. Do you remember how we watched the swans that night in the late October while they slept? Swans must have stately dreams, I think. But now, the lake bears only thin reflected lights that shake a little. And how I long to take one from the cold black water, new-made gold to give you in your hand, and see, see, there is a star deep in the lake, a star. Oh, dimmer than a pearl, if you stoop down, your hand could almost reach it up to me. There was a new frail yellow moon tonight, and I wish you could have had it for a cup, with stars like dew to fill it to the brim. How cold it is. Even the lights are cold. They have put shawls on of fog around them. See? What if the air should grow so dimly white that we would lose our way along the paths made new by walls of moving mists receding the more we follow? What a silver light. That was our bench, the time you said to me, the loo, the long new poem. But how different now, how eerie with the curtain of the fog, make it strange to all the friendly trees, there is no wind and yet great curving scrolls carve themselves, ever changing. In the mist, in the mist. Walk on a little. Let me stand here watching to see you two grow strange to me and far. I used to wonder how the park would be if one night we could have it all alone. No lovers with close arm encircled waists to whisper and break in upon our dreams. And now we have it. Every wish, every wish comes true. We are alone now. world. Even the stars have gone. We too, alone. <laughs> A November night, y'all. Come on. A November night. Tell me you had one night of your life. Not necessarily November, 
But if it wasn't November, tell me you had some night in your life where it was just so memorable. Almost everything around you, everything, the wind, the crashing of the waves, the stars, how they are nestled and twinkle and just have this sort of like elegant glow and the rocks that you perhaps were sitting on or the grassy fields or, you know, whatever it is that was coming and going, all these things were there for you to witness, to enjoy, to hold, to embrace and just be captivated by these things. And then you two were alone in the sense that it was just all of this for you alone right not as in alone as in sorrow or loneliness but as in a true peace and comfort that is just you too dang someone please It is a memorable night, a November night. <laughs> amazing, amazing stuff, man. See y'all? I told you this was going to be a good night. And it still is. Sarah Tisdale is an amazing woman. She has so much stuff written. I can't, I'm, I'm not going to be able to fit it all tonight, y'all. But just know you're missing out, okay? This is so nice. Mm. In the pool of the wind, I stand lonely. deck of a ship rising and falling wild night around me wild water under me whipped by the storm screaming and calling earth is hostile and the sea hostile why do I look for a place to rest? I must fight always and die fighting with fear. An unhealing wound in my breast. Sometimes we can't explain why certain things happen in our lives. And it just seems like you're always going to an uphill. Always fighting, right? Always battling, always trying to search and look for peace. Why is that? 
long for a peace. We want it. We cherish it. And some of us probably don't even know what that looks like. But it doesn't change the fact that you actually fight for it. Right? Some of the most unattainable things that you can imagine are attained through the struggle, through the fight, through the challenges themselves. So whatever it is that you are currently going through, whatever it is that you have gone through, be at peace knowing that you are where you are right now because of those challenges and because you have made that good fight. Don't forget about this one poem. Once more towards the fray. To the last good fight I'll ever know. Live, die on this day. Live, die on this day. poem by the amazing Sarah Tisdale. Isn't it awesome? Isn't it awesome? Awesome. Ay, ay, ay. Let's see. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, she is. Did you never know? Let's see. Ooh. Ready? Listen to this. Did you never know? Let me start there. Did you never know long ago how much you loved me? That your love would never lessen and never go? You were young then, proud and fresh-hearted. You were too young to know. Faith is a wind, and red leaves fly before it. Far apart, far away, in the gusty time of year. Seldom we meet now. But when I hear you speaking, I know your secrets, my dear. My dear. My dear. I know your secrets. I know all your secrets. Not all, but most. I know how you blink 
stressed. I know how you are quiet when you are busy. I know when you are lonely and sad. success and truth. I know how much you love me, and I know how much I, you know how much I love you. <laughs> so good. So good. Let's see. This one's titled In a Garden by Sarah Tisdale. Here we go. with bloom. The swallows weave in flight across the zenith on an aerial loom. Into the garden peace comes back with twilight. Peace that since noon had left the purple flocks, the heavy-headed asters, the late roses and the swaying holly locks. same garden, the far-off murmur, as when many came. Up from the village surged the blind and beating red music of a drum, and the hysterical sharp fife that shattered the brittle autumn air. While they came, the young men marching past the village square. Across the calm Connecticut, the hills change to violet, the veils of dusk are deep, earth takes her children's many sorrows calmly and stills herself to sleep, ever sleep. A wind is blowing over my soul, I hear it cry the whole night through. Is there no peace for me on earth, except with you? 
Alas, the wind has made me wise, over my naked soul it's blue, there is no peace for me on earth, even with you. Places I love come back to me like music. Hush me and heal me when I am very tired. I see the oak words, woods at Saxton's flaming in a flare of crimson by the frost newly fired. And I am thirsty for the spring in the valley as for a kiss ungiven and long desired. I know a bright world of snowy hills at Boonton, a blue and white dazzling light on everything one sees. The ice-covered branches of the hemlock sparkle, bending low and tinkling in the sharp thin breeze, and iridescent crystals far and crackle on the snow crust with the winter sun, drawing cold blue shadows from the trees, violet now, in veil on veil of evening, the hills across the crumb wall grow dreamy and far, a wood thrush is sinking soft as a file, in the heart of the hollow where the dark pools are, the primrose has opened her pale yellow flowers, and heaven is lighting star after star. Places I love come back to me like music. Mid-ocean, mid-night, the waves buzz drowsily in the ship's deep, churning the eerie frost. Fluorescence is like the souls of people who were drowned at sea, and I can hear a man's voice speaking, hushed, insistent, at midnight, in mid-ocean, hour on hour, to me, to me. Midnight and midnight ocean, places I love come back to me like music. Who was it that said, without music, life would be a waste? I think it was Friedrich Nietzsche. Friedrich Nietzsche. I don't agree with that statement, per se, but it is a pretty good way to think about how beautiful and fantastic life is, right? And music is. <laughs> oh man. My goodness. See y'all? You don't know what you're missing. See? All this time, we had all these great works of art that we call poems and yet most of us don't spend the time reading them let's change that together alright so if you're in the sciences if you're not in the sciences poetry still applies to you it can still speak to you it can still move you it can still connect with you 
is ready for another. Let us do another. This one is titled Dusk in Autumn. It's in five, four, three, two, one. The moon is like a scimitar. A little silver scimitar, a drifting down the sky, and near beside it is a star, a timid, twinkling golden star that watches like an eye, and through the nursery window pane, the witches have a fire again, yet like the ones we make. And now I know they're having tea. I wish they'd give a cup to me with witch's current cake. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> that was actually funny. Okay, um, that's a that's a nerd laughter for you. <laughs> oh man, so good. So good. Ooh. Here's a great one. This one's called Irina. It's, it's a name. You ready? Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. This is picking up really nice. Here we go. They sent you in to say farewell to me. No. Do not shake your head. I see your eyes that shine with tears. Sappho, you saw the sun just now when you came hither and again. When you have left me, all the shimmering great meadows with will laugh lightly, and the sun put round about you warm, invisible arms, as might a lover, decking you with light. I go towards darkness, though I lie to so still. If I could see the sun, I should look up and drink the light until my eyes were blind. I should kneel down and kiss the blades of grass, and I should call the birds with such a voice, with such a longing tremulous and keen, and they would fly to me and on the breast bear evermore to treetops and to fields the kiss I gave them. Sappho, tell me this. Was I not sometimes fair? My eyes, my mouth, my hair that loved the wind, were they not worth my breath of love upon them? Yet he passed. And he will, and he will pass tonight when all the air is blue and with twilight. But I shall not see. I shall not have gone forever. Hold my hands. Hold fast that death may never come between. Swear by the gods you will not let me go. Make songs for death as you would sing to love. But you will not assuage him. He alone of all the gods will take no gifts from them. I am afraid. Afraid. 
Sappho, lean down. Last night the fever gave a dream to me. It takes my life and gives a little dream. I thought I was, I saw him stand, the man I love, here in my quiet chamber, with his eyes fixed on me as I entered while he drew silently toward me. He who night by night goes by door without a thought of me, neared me and put his hands behind my head and leaning toward me kissed me on the mouth. That was a little dream for death to give, too short to take the whole of life for, yet I woke with lips made quiet by a kiss. The dream is worth the dying, do not smile so sadly on me with your shining eyes, you cannot, can set your sorrow to a song and ease your hurt by singing. But to me, my songs are less than sea sand that the wind drives stinking over and bears away. I have no care what place the grains may fall, nor of my songs if time shall blow them back. As land wind breaks the lines of dying foam along the bright wet beaches, scattering the flakes once more against the laboring sea into oblivion. What care have I to please Apollo, since love hearkens not? Your words will live forever. Men will say, she was the perfect lover. I shall die. I love too much to live. Go, Sappho, go. I hate your hands that beat so full of life. Go, lest my hatred hurt you. I shall die, but you will live to love and love again. He might have loved some other spring than this. I should have kept my life. I let it go. He would not love me now, though Cypress bound her girdle round me. I am death's, not love's. Go for me, Sappho, back to find the sun. I lived there a couple of years. Quite a few. Alright. Wasn't that lovely storytelling? Such lovely, exquisite, lovely storytelling. I love it. I love it. Oh man. Not this one. Nope. Give me one second, y'all.
Let's see what we got here. Oh. All right. All right. Here we go. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Here we go, y'all. This is another poem by the great and fantastic Miss Sarah Tisdale. House of Dreams. Seriously, though. I mean, do I even have to explain this one? Seriously. Like, why? <laughs> Give me one second. <laughs> Give me one second. There we go. <laughs> okay. Seriously, though. Like, just listen. Look, these last... These last four lines, okay? These last four lines. But you took my dreams away and you made them all come true. My thoughts have no place now to play and nothing now to do. <laughs> here's, here's the irony of dreams, okay? Here's the irony of dreams. We fill these dreams with like all of this potentiality, right? Some of us achieve our dreams, some of us get there, get pretty close to it, and then some of us don't. But there's this assumption, okay? There's this assumption that when you achieve these dreams, then your life is like fulfilled, right? And that like, there's nothing like, you got it made, right? Like your life is complete. But see, that's actually kind of the irony of dreams is that if you ever get close to it, or at least like achieve them, then what? <laughs> you have nothing else to do. <laughs> and, and then like, you would think you'd be happy. But no, <laughs> because you achieved your dream. So your thoughts have no place to play and nothing to do. I mean, 
isn't that the beauty of having a dream is so that you don't have to worry about not having nothing to do because you have a dream that you're like pursuing and really ask yourself this do you actually want to like achieve that dream i mean you can pursue it that's the best part and that's really and that's really the point but do you actually want to achieve that dream because what are you going to do after you do <laughs> are you just going to have another dream and then what are you going to do when you achieve that dream are you going to have another dream after that and then what are you going to do when you achieve that dream see <laughs> it's it's you need to be careful with like achieving your dreams y'all <laughs> because then you have nothing to do <laughs> this is Sarah Tisdale to a T okay like literally and metaphorically like Tisdale right her last name's Tisdale which starts with a T so like this is absolutely Sarah Tisdale to the T man because like she <laughs> she makes you like wonder do I really want to achieve my dream <laughs> so she's so fun man I'm telling you she would Mm. one cup of tea with this lady that's all I ask right if the good lord gives me an opportunity to like just have a chat with somebody this would this lady would definitely be in my top 10 of most people I want to have a conversation with just one cup of tea you know <laughs> good stuff man she is amazing and that's like not, this is like one of a hundred or so that she wrote alright y'all I'm gonna read one that is very famous and I think most of you have heard it by this time if not you should check out my last TikTok video I, it's a poem by her and I really like this one actually so I hope you guys do too okay so I'm gonna reread this again it's called the kiss ready
the answer to that, today, to that, ladies and gentlemen, is no. You can never let a beggar stand in the presence where a king used to be. If you want to call that classism, so be it. But this is a great way of showing respect and love to the person that you most love and respect. I mean, think about it. Do you really, really, <laughs> truly think about this, okay? Do you ever not want to treat someone that you love and respect that not royal in a not, not in a not royal way, right? Without royalty? No. <laughs> Forget about it. Right? Like If I'm your king, then show me. song by the Foo Fighters called The Best of You. Very, very simple song. And it's such a great lyric. Why? Because here he's talking about his woman and he's asking her, is someone getting the best of you? And that's such a pivotal question to ask and also a very eye-opening question to ask because that's really what you're doing. <laughs> If you're in love with someone, then you do want to give the best of you. Of course, there'll be days and seasons where you just don't have the strength to give the best. But if you think about it, even in your weakest state of mind, even in your weakest state of being, if the best you can offer right then and then is only just to be in the same room with them, then that is enough. And that is the best of you in that scenario. Do you understand? So just because you have a particular practice and a standard of what you think is the best in a particular season in your life, it doesn't mean that it has to be applicable in that same way for every season of your life. It just means that you have to give your best for that season of your life in that moment and that's what Sarah Tisdale asks at the end of her poem right think you that I could let a beggar enter where a king stood before you see what I mean it's a question she asks but it's a question for her love and the answer is no of course not are you crazy I can never let a beggar enter where a king stood before no. What a what a what a thing to even think of, right? 
Absolutely not. Here's one last thing I want to say about this poem. It's titled The Kiss. Okay? It's not titled A Kiss. It's not it's not titled Kisses. It's one and only kiss. See, the idea here is that... See, this is going to be so hard to explain to people because we, so, we got so used to, like, kind of like dating random people just to date people and i know there's you know i know there's people that like date with intention and that's great okay but i'm just saying as on average there's a lot of people both men and women that just want to date just to like pass the time and just date but the problem with that with that is like we have a slow degrading and gradual okay of uh desynthesization of meaningful time that you spend with somebody and sharing physical things between another of course this is not going to be kosher with most people today in our culture now and that's really too bad right that's really too bad to to have people that will have a problem with that because what you're doing is like you are sharing some of the most like personal things about you that needs to be like protected as much as possible and only shared with someone that truly loves you right that cannot see their life without you so when they kiss you it's the kiss period it's the kiss. It's a seal. It's the seal of seals. And that's so unimaginable today. Most of us don't even know what that actually means. And some of us actually will like frown and start complaining about it and say, Ah, you're crazy, man. You're, you're not going to marry somebody that you don't know that you like haven't, haven't kissed other people. You know what I mean? Like, like, it's it's so it's so sad to hear that nowadays but so be it but i know there's some good men and good women that actually still hold that practice and those guys are usually the best ones and yes most of you guys most of y'all will call them the unicorns <laughs> and we exist by the way <laughs> that shouldn't even be a concern of you by the way okay that should not even be in a concern for you because if you truly love somebody for like their attributes, right? For like the way they like think, for the way they like conduct themselves, right? Like how how kind-hearted they are, how sweet they are, how intelligent they are, how like just all of the personality attributes, right? And also and obviously like some physical part, right? Like how they look and how they take care of themselves, right? Like like how, you know, what's their sort of like exercise regime, things like that, right? Like Whatever it is that like you find attractive in the physical sense, then like the intimate part is something that you shouldn't even worry. It shouldn't it should not, not even be a question, right? But once again, this is gonna be a problem for most modern people because you know we've been sort of uh, been poisoned by the well, so to speak, more metaphorically speaking. And so most of most most people will have a problem with what I just said, which is fine, you know what I mean? But you know. 
I've seen that side too often and it's not that's no recipe for that's not a better recipe for success let's just put it that way <laughs> so there you go great poem by Sarah Tisdale it's titled The Kiss an amazing 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 artist amazing poem in every sense of the word alright finally <laughs> alright just a couple more guys and then we're gonna call it a night oh and I have a little surprise um, I'm gonna play it's been a while since I played with my guitar so I'm gonna play one little song maybe two uh, at the end of this live so it's a Saturday night and I feel pretty good so just wanted to play something for y'all here we go let's see one second I had a good one here for let's see Ebtide? no that's not the one So this one's titled August Moonrise. The sun was gone and the moon was coming over the blue connect. Oh, wait a minute. Did I read this one? No, I didn't read this one. My bad. Here we go. The sun was gone and the moon was coming over the blue Connecticut hills. The west was rosy and the east was flushed and over my head the swallows rushed this way and that. With changeful wills, I heard them twitter and watched them dart, now together and now apart. Like dark petals blown from a tree, the maples stamped against the west were black and stately and full of rest, and the hazy orange moon grew up and slowly changed to yellow gold, while the hills were darkened fold on fold to a deeper blue than a flower could hold. Down the hill I went, and then I forgot the ways of men, for night scents, heady and damp and cool, wakened ecstasy in them and me on the brink of a shining pool. Oh, beauty, out of a many cup have made me drunk and wild ever since I was a child. And when I have been sure as now that no bitterness can bend and no sorrow wholly bow, when who loves you to the end, and though I must give my breath and my laughter all to death, and my eyes through which joy came and my death and my heart a wavering flame, if all must leave me and go back. 
along a blind and fearful track. Hmm. So that you can make a new fusing with intenser fire, something near you desire. If my soul must go alone through a cold infinity, or even if it vanishes to beauty, I have worshipped you. Let this single hour atone for the theft of all of me. What'd you guys think? It's not bad, huh? This one's titled This one's called The Carpenter's Son by Sarah Tisdale. This will be my last one for the evening. summer dawn came over soon. The earth was like hot iron at noon in Nazareth. There fell no rain to ease the heat, and dusk drew on with tired feet and stifled breath. The shop was low and hot and square, and fresh-cut wood made sharp the air. While all day long the saw went tearing through the oak That moaned as though the tree's heart broke Beneath its wrong the narrow street was full of cries Of bickering and snarling lies in many keys The tongues of Egypt and of Rome and lands beyond the shifting foam of windy seas. Sometimes a ruler riding fast scattered the dark crowds as he passed and drove them close in doorways, drawing broken breath, lest they be trampled to their death where the dust rose. There, in the gathering night and noise, a group of Galilean boys crowding to see gray Joseph toiling with his son, saw Jesus when the task was done, turn wearily, he passed them by with hurried tread, silently nor raised his head, he who looked up, drinking all beauty from his birth, out of the heaven and the earth as from a cup. And Mary was growing old, knew that the pottage would be cold when he returned. 
He hungered only for the night, and westward bending sharp and bright, the thin moon burned. He reached the open western gate, where winning halt and leper wait, and came at last to the blue desert, where the deep great seas of twilight lay asleep, windless and vast. With shining eyes the stars awoke, the dew lay heavy on his cloak, the world was dim, and in the stillness he could hear his secret thoughts draw very near and call to him. Faint voices lifted shrill with pain and multitudinous as rain from all the lands and all the villages therefore men crying for the gift of love with outstretched hands voices that called with ceaseless crying the broken and the blind the dying and those grown dumb beneath oppression and he heard upon their lips a single word come their cries engulfed him like the night the moon put out her placid light and black and low near with the heavy thunder drew hushing the voices yet he knew that he would go a quick spun thread of lightning burns and for a flash the day returns he only hears Joseph, an old man bent and white, toiling along, alone from morn till light, through all the years. Swift clouds make all the heavens blind, a storm is running on the wind, he only sees. How Mary will stretch out her hands, sobbing, who never understands voices like these. <sighs> so, those of you who have been following me for quite some time now, you have heard of the different seasons of life that I've had and how I used to be not like this. <laughs> so I used to be very, very bitter, very, very critical. But critical in the sense of like senseless criticism, right? Because there's actually a good type of criticism and one that's actually necessary, by the way. But there's also one that's like very senseless, right? Like doesn't have actual, tr like actual reason in them. <laughs> so I basically just to kind of like I don't want to drag this message out too much but I basically learned how to forgive through how Jesus forgave and in many ways and in every way actually <laughs> forgiveness is given to those that don't deserve it. One of the best phrases that I've heard came from a French philosopher that talked about how Christ forgave. And his name is, um, his name is, <laughs> I 
喂喂喂 ，power core，power core，and he said forgiveness is for the unforgivable， and forgiveness needs to be given especially towards the unforgivable， and that's such a very difficult concept to understand and grasp because our memories don't allow us to do that. Right, like logically speaking, how can you forgive someone that has caused you pain? Right, your mind, your memory doesn't allow you to forget that. And in many ways, that's actually the reason why you should forgive, because you won't allow your own heart to forgive. And that's what I was actually. I could never, ever forgive someone that I used to know. Ever, I justified all my actions, all the things that I wanted to do, based on that pain and anguish. And so I was never ever going to forgive that person because if I forgave them, then that means I no longer justify my own actions, how I wanted to live my life, how I wanted to experience things, how I wanted to regain my confidence, how I wanted to be myself. <laughs> Trust me, I was given that garbage by so many people. <laughs> be yourself, man. You do you, man. I believed it, so yeah, I did me, and it got me nowhere. <laughs> you know where it got me? It got me to more pain and sorrow. It got me to more pain and selfishness. It got me to more pain and hurt because I started hurting some of my other people that didn't deserve to be hurt. And when I talk about hurt, I mean like metaphorically, right? Like, like in the emotional sense, right? Right? Like I'm not a violent guy in any sense. I just isolated myself from them, and I kept them at a distance because I wanted to do me. <laughs> I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I wanted to do whatever it took for me to feel happy. Because I deserved it. Because all the pain that was caused against me, I had to find a way of redeeming, redeeming those things. Right? Like I had to do it. Me. <laughs> Nobody else. <laughs> But then I realized late in life that I was wrong. And I kept coming to the same pain, the same sorrow, same memories, same empty feeling and output. The only difference was I had lost some friends, some very dear friends that loved me. And I was. So blind to that. So blind to it. Well, 
Ju My father My brothers And A very very good friend of mine I was able to see what I did wrong. I asked my father, why do you love me so? I'm not a good son. I've hurt you in so many ways. you away from my life and in many ways I actually kind of renounced you but yet you love me and you pursue me why and that answer forms of dreams. You can call them visions if you like. It was one evening in February, about three years ago actually. I started just shaking. I was sleeping. I just shaked everywhere. I was sweating and I just felt this really heaviness on me. And I actually fell off the bed. <laughs> like that's how much I was shaking in bed. And it was basically like a panic attack. But it was like the worst kind I ever f I never I don't get panic attacks. <laughs> but that was like the one and only time I ever had that. And I just wept and cried and I just was just full of sadness and regret. And I just cried, cried to the heaven and asked Father to forgive me for all the wrong stuff I did. And um, it wasn't an instantaneous change, but I could tell that something was different. And it took several months and almost an entire year actually to, for me to really feel restored. And the way I was restored, by the way, was I started loving people. I started loving my family, I started loving my friends, I started not isolating myself, I started thinking of others other than myself, I started doing others and not me, I didn't do me anymore, okay, because I did, I did that, I listened to that crap, and it didn't work, and it doesn't work, <laughs> I did others, I put others before me, I loved others. And the 
best and the hardest lesson I ever had to do in my life was to forgive the very person that didn't deserve it. And I know that that person knows that I truly forgive them and I love them truly. I can actually sit down with them and have a cup of coffee or tea with them if they ever wanted that. <laughs> and that is the most life-changing practice you can ever do in your life is to forgive another person, especially the ones that don't deserve it. If you can do that in your life, I promise you there is only one truth to that and that is the truth of peace and hope and a future for your life that is transformative. You will not see your life in the same way ever again. That doesn't mean that you won't be able to commit some errors in your life, okay? You probably will make mistakes more than likely. But the way you handle it afterwards is the best part because then you kind of sit back and it's like, oh man, <laughs> I really did mess up, you know? And yeah, I'm really sorry about that. But when that pain is caused against you, then it's like, you know what? If you ever ask for my forgiveness, I will, brother. Always, man. Or sister, <laughs> right? You don't have to carry that burden on you anymore. You can let it go. Because I know it's eating you up. Just let it go. And I learned all of that through how Jesus loved. The greatest, greatest testimony and definition of what love really looks like. Don't do you. Do something better than yourself. Something perfect. Something filled with true peace and true joy. See, this is why I love poetry, y'all, because it does away with the non-essential, the, the, the non-essentialities of life. It concentrates on the essentiality. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. All right. You guys ready for some songs? <laughs> All right, y'all. This was great. This was fun. I appreciate y'all being here. This was a really, really, really great podcast. I'm definitely going to be posting this on my channel 
tomorrow at some point. Once again, if you if you're new to this live, I'd have a podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. And thank you so much. And it the title of the channel is J Rolden Speaks. So if you use Spotify, if you use Apple Podcasts, just search for J Rolden Speaks and you'll see my face with my name and you won't regret it. It's great stuff. So I'm going to be posting this live uh, later sometime in, on Sunday. So be on the lookout for that. So before I play the music, I just want to go ahead and say goodnight to everybody. Once again, thanks so much for being here. This has been a really great live and I hope you come back sometime. I don't know how often I'll be able to do it this week, this coming week, because there's a lot of things going on. And so I'll try to do it maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe Tuesday night. I'm not sure. It Maybe Sunday night. I'm not sure, but we'll see. So to that, I say, Buenas noches, gracias a todos, gracias por estar aquí. Espero que lo disfrutaron, aprendieron algo. Y bueno, nos vemos pronto, si Dios quiere. Y gracias por su sintonía. All right, y'all, let's go ahead and play some songs on the guitar.